Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And today, we finally make a decision about Vegas or no Vegas. On the one hand, Vegas. On the other hand, Vegas! With me as always... He's the skinny, sexy Elvis to my fat, bloated, dying on a toilet Elvis, Brad in L.A. Hey, Steve. I am feeling so much more awake than the last time we talked. Yes. Uh, for those who are really following the podcast closely, and from the look of the stats, you aren't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we haven't been giving them much either. We uh, we recorded this show a week ago, and we did it like at the crack of dawn. Yeah, I was up at like 5.30. Yeah, and it's it sucked. And so we decided instead of putting it out and have people calling it our, our Woe Pat uh, Part 2, we thought yeah. we would just redo the show. So this yes. is Mark, I think, the third time or third or fourth time in Stuck in East history that we've re-recorded a show. Can anybody um, out there, raise your hand, please, name another time that we re-recorded a show? Well, I know one of them, but... Uh, is I you think, involved? Yeah, once again, I'm not allowed to participate in the contest. Uh, it would have been the memorial show for Kevin Dubrow of Quiet Riot. Oh, yeah? Hmm. Sean and I recorded it once, and then we we listened to it, and we're like, oh, my God, this is awful. <laughs> and so we sat down, the, I think, either the same day or the next morning, and we redid it. So, yeah. And it's still easily one of my least favorite shows. I, I will say it's not easy to do it again. And I, I think this one will be easier to do again because it's a – there's. You know, it's a little content light. Can I say that? Yeah, it's uh, content light. We don't f- frankly remember what we said a week ago because it yeah. was the crack so, of dawn. But when we tried to – the one we did, the re-recording we did of the um, pop culture busts, that was tough to redo. Right. Uh, I think we really... left some energy on the floor from the definitely, first one. Definitely. But, I feel bad about that. Yeah, we need to do the next one and get back on that horse. But anyway. Right. And the horse is here. So let's uh, – we're going to talk about Las Vegas for a minute. But if, if, you're, if you're not interested in Las Vegas – uh, don't turn off the podcast because after when we get to the Seggies, we will talk about who won the autographed MTV book. Oh yeah, and we his have name a nice is Brad Williams. <laughs> Brad Williams. His name <laughs> rhymes with Lad Lilliams. The uh, and we'll also have a nice long Oz in the '80s segment with uh, uh, Dave Featherston. So that's really pretty cool. So yeah, the yeah, first segment. First, you know, we've got to talk about the Lost '80s tour, August 10th. Las Vegas, Mandalay Beach, uh, a, 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 a plethora, I guess you would say, of pinatas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a ton of bands will all take the stage one at a time and play three songs 
and then collect their check and scuttle away into the scurry the over seedy, to the bar to meet the seedy life uh, nightlife in Las Vegas. Uh, stuck the stuck in these boys, Brad and me, will be there. Um, you betcha. So will Drew, just Drew, our other uh, frequent co-host, um, Mike in San Antonio, who has been to every stuck in these getaway. He will hardcore. be there. He's hardcore. Uh, my friend Bad Andy will be back. Bad Andy will buy you drinks um, and generally, you know, make sure nothing bad happens to you. That's his role. Oh, oh, that. Oh, he's that kind of bad. I thought he was bad Andy because if he bought me a drink, there'd be something in it that I wasn't no. expecting. No, Andy's a good guy. Um, but uh, uh, the girls from Sparks are coming. The girls from Sparks will be there again. That'll be they'll be their triumphant return to Las Vegas. They were uh, early, early on board. They bought their tickets months ago. Yeah, we finally bought our tickets last week. Yeah. And uh, I, I can tell by the plane fare that I'll be paying for this one for the next two years. So uh, <laughs> let's tell you about the bands that are coming. So if you want to come and join us, you can. Tickets for the show can still be bought on Ticketmaster. They're about, I think they're about thirty or forty bucks. Yeah, that sounds right. It's general admission. It's general admission, yeah. So we can all hang out together, or or not, if you choose. Yeah, the venue is the Las Vegas uh, Mandalay Bay. It's the beach. So basically, there's this stage that's. Above their gigantic pool, the bands get out there. They play. It's at night, so you wear a bathing suit. You jump in the water. If you get hot, you'll probably be fine. If if you want to have a beverage of two, I highly recommend avoiding the vodka and Red Bulls, which cost I forget how much. Yeah, either that or you're going to need a third mortgage, like the guys (laughs) in Ghostbusters. Everybody has three mortgages nowadays. And um, it's a fun show. It's um, it's it's kind of like a guilty indulgence. These are a bunch of bands that. That had yeah, like one or two part, hits back in the, the day, part. and so you're able to put them. Yeah, right, right. There's a couple. The headliners had more, but for the most part, these are going to be names that you're going to kind of scratch song. your head for a second. Then we'll yeah. name a song, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." Trust me, it's a good time. Yeah, we had a great time at the show last. Well, what I would say last year it was two or three years ago now. But it's you know you're thinking, do I really want to go to Vegas in August? Yeah, it's it's hot, but you know the pool is there, and it's in the evening, so it's cooling down. And the bands, you know, they they came out and they, you know. Yeah. They know what they're there to do. They're there to play their hits and give give us all a good show, and that's what they did. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then afterwards, everyone goes to Brad's room and he orders room service for everybody. I'm not sure that that happens, but uh, if it does, I'll try to be gracious about throwing you all out. The Denver omelet. I recommend the Denver omelet. Mm. So here are some of the bands uh, that will be there this year, and there are still some surprise guests that are to be named later. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, we will have the flirts there. And yes, you know who they are because they had the song Don't Put Another Dime in the Jukebox from the Valley Girls soundtrack. Uh, Trans X will be there. Their big hit was Living on Video. Did you ever, did you, that song got airplay on K Rock in LA, but I don't know if it got airplay anyplace else. No, no. In fact, in fact, that's another thing about this, this bill. It's very West Coast centric. A lot of these bands appeared on the Valley Girls soundtrack. Um, so if you lived in, if you grew up as a suburban dirt ball in Florida, chances are you know half. You had to work bands. a little harder to get get yeah. to groove on with these guys. But come on, that's that's part of the fun. The last time I saw some of these bands play, I heard some songs that I didn't recognize, but it really turned me on to them. Yeah, so. absolutely. More on that later. Uh, Gary Myrick, I'm really looking forward to his set. He had two songs on uh, the Valley Girls soundtrack, including this little gem. Oh, 
You recognize that one, Brad? Uh, yes. That's from the Valley Girl soundtrack. <laughs> um, I recognize yeah. that's it's playing. I recognize. I remember the scene that it's in. What's the scene? Well, they're up on Mulholland looking out over the valley, and uh, Fred is chasing Stacy around the car, and uh, Nicholas Cage and Deborah Foreman are playing tonsil hockey in the back seat of a very large American sedan. Yeah, I love that scene. I love that song. Uh, Bow Wow Wow will be there. Yeah. Yeah, well, interesting. I, I don't know if you follow the Bow Wow Wow closely, Steve, but... I'm a, I'm a fan club member. Well, so last summer they played at the Hollywood Bowl uh, as part of the uh, 80s concert that they had there with the Go-Go's and some people. And some of the Stuck in the 80s crowd was there. It was a really good show. And uh, the lead singer, she just brought so much attitude. It was fantastic. Well, she's not actually touring with them this year. I think all that's left of the original Bow Wow Wow lineup is the bass player at this point. That's fine. Yeah, you know... I, I'm not, I'm not going to walk away from the set just because she's not there. No. That's kind of interesting. Well, that and it'll be halfway through the show. But yeah. you'll still hear I Want Candy. You'll hear Go Wild at the Country. I mean, you'll probably hear maybe one or two more songs. I bet they play four songs and then they're yeah. off the stage. But I bet every song you'll, you'll hear, you'll know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Animotion will be there. I think Animotion played my grad night. Uh, do you, do you have, did you have grad night where you <laughs> like lived? Like at, at Disney World? Yeah. You know what? They do that at Disneyland. Um, however, let's see, you know what? I went, but I went a couple years later as a, like, as a date with a friend of mine. Oh, no. Um, my grad night was at our high school. <laughs> What's the point of that? Well, no, it was – I mean it wasn't just like us sitting around a bunch of folding chairs. Um, it was started years and years before I went to school. There was somebody's – okay. Let me tell the story. The um, the daughter of the local grocery store owner died in a crash on graduation night, and so because she was going to some party or something, and so they set up this foundation and this fund, and they funded these like grad night parties where the graduating class all came back to a central location. And of I know this, I know this, and then they outlawed dancing exactly until the kid from Chicago came to town. You know, and that he would be, became best friends with uh, with the Will. guy with the tractor. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, and then they, yeah. No, this actually happened in California, Steve. I graduated from high school in California. Okay. So, but yeah, so true fact. My my personal grad night was at uh, yeah. my high school gym. I have been to grad night at Disneyland, but I was there with a friend. In in Florida, for the longest time, um, when you graduated, like a couple months before graduation or whatever, uh, the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World would host. All these high school seniors yeah. on, on Friday. I think it was a Friday night. I don't know if they still do that here in California. But well, they stopped, they stopped it here. It, it doesn't happen here anymore. They probably stopped it here then too. But you had to dress up. You had to wear a um, – I think you had to wear a coat. I know you had to wear a tie. Wow. Um, they felt like if you dressed up, you'd behave if You'd better. behave a little bit better. So you got there like around 10 o'clock at night. And, and you like six or seven or something. Yeah, like. six or seven in the morning, and um, it's fun, you know. And they and they stock the park full of bands like these. And Animotion yeah, was there. It, like it Night Ranger familiar. probably played one of them. Uh, depending on when you caught them in their career, you probably saw bands like that. You, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Bow Wow Wow had played them. Once yeah, or, yeah. But you uh, know, now that I think about it, the time that I went to uh, Grad Night. At Disneyland, it was I was in college and I had just finished up finals, and so I had been up for thirty six hours before I went to Disneyland overnight. So that was that's the longest I've ever been awake. I was awake for like fifty hours, including the last stretch of it was at grad night at Disneyland. Jeez, yeah, yeah that's tough. You start to yeah, hallucinate after that much no nos. <laughs> 
you'll start to hallucinate after an emotion set because you have what obsession, uh, room to move. I'm sure there's a couple other songs I'm forgetting. My, my personal favorite, I engineer. <laughs> Is that really a song? Yeah, come on, you know that song. <laughs> You're playing a clip of that song right now. Yeah, I love that song. The um, Here's the band that I got turned on to the last time I saw them play a short set. Naked Eyes is going to be there. Um, everybody, what shocked me, they played the very first Stucky Knees Getaway in Vegas yeah, back in 2008. Yeah, their first regeneration tour, right? Eight. Yeah, their regeneration tour. And they're one of the first bands out there. I think they might have been the very first band out there. And what do they open up they with? Open that tour. They open up with uh, always something there to remind me. Wow. And I was blown away. Like, how dare you open up Gutsy. with your biggest hit? And um, uh, it would they, but the rest of their catalog is amazing. I think they probably played uh, like a thirty-minute set, which yeah. they—I don't think they'll get that. They may get that much time in Las Vegas, they're, but they're, they're higher up the set list. So I mean, yeah, I, yeah, they, they should the, get—they should get a nice handful of songs. So yeah, they'll have "When the Lights Go Out" and "Promises, Promises," and um, there's there's a bunch uh, of other songs that they'll play, and you'll be like, if you don't recognize them, I guarantee you, you'll love it. When I got back from that show, I immediately went out and bought the greatest hits CD and stuff like that. Uh, What's a CD, Uncle Steve? What's a CD? It's like a, (laughs) it's an investment opportunity, son. (laughs) I don't think our kids will know what that means either. Uh, Wang Chung will be there, and this I'm really totally psyched about because they're on uh, my list of bands I have not seen yet. They were on the Regeneration tour the year after that, and they killed it. They were great. I'm really looking forward to seeing them again. Yeah, they they um, I did an interview with um Jack Hughes. From Wang Chung. I thought I was going to see that tour, but it didn't work out. Uh, and then, of course, the um, band on top of the bill, A Flock of Seagulls. The Flock. And the Flock. And, of course, you'll, you'll know their songs. And well, we'll have to see how they, they turn out. They, they, they've been, I've seen them play, and they've been amazing. I've seen them play a couple times, and you know, it wasn't quite their night. I suspect that uh, they will come to Vegas uh, uh, loaded for bear, and they will, they will finish the night off brilliantly so did i ever tell you about the time first time i saw flock of seagulls no so uh nike used to do this series of runs called the run hit wonder and they (laughs) hired like 80s bands to play along the route and one of the bands was flock of seagulls and uh you know this was uh, maybe 2007 might have been a little earlier than that anyway my friend that i was running with was pissed because when he went by they were playing space age love song and he's like if you are playing a running event and you have a song called i ran i want you to just play that over and over and over and over, and over. <laughs> it's got a point oh god yeah so it'll be a good night it'll last a while it'll be about i don't know three hours maybe yeah it'll be fun and uh there'll be still be time to hang out afterwards if we want to maybe i remember the last time weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, what song did I sing you last time? Gosh, it's embarrassing. What was it? Uh, the Promise. Me. The Promise by Win in Rome? <laughs> yes. Don't be shocked if Win in Rome appears at this show, because I think the guy who organizes this tour is in that band. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, so they, they might be there. And, added bonus, they're teasing to a pre-show party the night before. Yeah. So we'll have if you're if you're coming along with us, you know, get in touch with us and we'll let you know yeah. about the the pre-show party where that's at. 
I'm hoping it's in downtown. That's Las I Vegas. think that's what I mean. There was one post on the Facebook wall, and it sounded like there's there's a like an '80s club in the LA area that it sounds like the owners of that place are putting together a party someplace downtown. So that could be really fun. It could be fun. But we just we need to figure out what you know. What are we going to do Friday night? Yeah. What does stuck in the eighties nation want to do? Right. If you're coming with us, uh, send us, or even if you live there, you have ideas for us. That'd be great. I know Rock of Ages is playing at the Venetian. Yep. Uh, yeah. Didn't you say the Michael Jackson Cirque du Soleil shows there? Yeah, it just opened at Mandalay Bay. Um, so that's I, I probably won't see that this trip. It's probably pretty pricey ticket. Pretty pricey, yeah. And it just opened, so I don't know. And our friend Drew has a friend. In a show called Raiding the Rock Vault, the story of classic rock. And I think that's playing at the Las Vegas. Well, it used to be the Las Vegas Hilton. Now it's the now, LVH because they are no longer affiliated with the Hilton. Ah, not up it's like there. the like the Flamingo. The Flamingo isn't a Hilton property anymore either. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, that's uh, crazy. And it's gone a little downhill. And if you. <laughs> I almost stayed there one trip. I think I was going to get like my second divorce. <laughs> and we, we were supposed to go to Vegas. We'd already like planned a, a Vegas trip. Yeah. When she decided she wanted to get a divorce, and um, um, I know we had t- tickets, a uh, room reservation at the Flamingo. So that's just as well. My company used to put us up there when we were there for a trade show, and it just got it got to be so bad that finally, even the you know, even we were allowed to stay someplace nicer. We moved across the street to Bally's. <laughs> Oh no, that's fine. It's like an old Holiday Inn. If you think about it that way, it's like yeah, it's someplace yeah. to sleep, you know. Yeah, and if you if you're thinking you can't afford to stay in Vegas, oh, you're wrong. Because um, the great thing about um, Vegas, and particularly this part of Vegas, this is on the south side, I think, of the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah, is that there's a ton of hotels around Mandalay Bay. Mandalay Bay is pricey. It's like two twenty a night, um, but there's the Luxor next door is like half as much. Yeah, and if you want to stay across the street at the Tropicana or next door at the Excalibur, yeah, I've been getting stuff, even less. I've been getting emails from New York, New York, which is also not too far. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of choices. There's probably eight hotels around there. They're all within walking distance of Mandalay Bay, and and if not, it's like a chump change car or or taxi ride. So seriously, yeah, you can afford to stay in Las Vegas. That's my point. Yeah, and I can afford the, I can afford the airfare because I'm going to drive. <laughs> It's a long drive for you, right? Uh, you it's know, like, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, you should call Deborah Foreman and see if she needs a ride, and I'll uh, go pick her up. Man, no way. <laughs> I'm pimping out my friendship so you can look at her for four hours. Well, I'd, be, I'd keep my eyes on the road at all times. You know what I'd like to keep my eyes on right now? The Seggies. Ah, <laughs> uh, by the sound of the tone, it must be time for... Uh, well, technically, this is two Seggies in one because we're going to reveal the winner of the autographed copy of the new VJ book by Martha Quinn Allen, Hunter, Mark Goodman, and Nina Blackwood. Um, as you recall from our last show last month, it's been a full month, you had to get both Seggies right to be entered into the drawing for the book. So without further ado, here was the uh, mystery movie moment clip. Somebody named DMK in sixth place. When did this happen? Look, don't be an overachiever. You'll fit in better with your age group, okay? Yes, it's Night of the Comet. Did you know that one? I did not know that one. I've not seen that movie. What? I know. It's okay. It's a black mark. (laughs) Don't put it. It doesn't need to be high on your list. Trust me. Um, 
that was the tough one. I think maybe you know, a lot of people uh, swung and whiffed at that one. I so laughed like when I, I mean I found it funny. You know, you'll fit in better with your age group. That's a great line. That's great. Here was the name that '80s tune challenge. And yes, that's obviously it's a mistake by Men at Work. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. Brad, uh, name the people who actually got both right. Well, here we have a. A, a galaxy of stars uh, that uh, that got both of those correct: uh, Walter Cox, Wayne McCoy, Kevin Weber, Ken Sykeward, Brent Dozerman, Fish, aka Steve Surgeon from Fort Wayne, Bart B-Man Kopf, Robert Mishu, Stacy Biavigdis, Jeff Camera in Vegas, who really ought to come join us, uh, John Brandt, uh, OJ from La Caruna, Spain, Tor Hansen, Shazam from St. Louis. Donald Bonomo, Kevin Wench, Dan in McDonough, Georgia, Lou Grilly, Chris Connor, Troy in Tulsa, Keith Mackey, Base Note, Hampton in Orlando, Tim in Harrisburg, Katie Singh, and last but not least, Christine in Philly. We'll spin the magic wheel and find out who wins. And the winner is Kevin Weber. Woohoo! Congratulations, Kevin. Kevin Weber. Kevin, you should have an email from me uh, asking for your home address so that uh, we can send the book to your way. And that email will not be creepy at all. No. No. It's far less creepy than this podcast is turned out. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. I just wondered if you could let me know where you live. What time are you generally home? And whether you'll be. <laughs> Do you go to bed early? <laughs> Do you live on? Do you park is it a two-story house? Street. <laughs> is your bedroom on the bottom floor or the top floor? <laughs> Yours, Steve. Great. I know someone who's not coming to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, everybody. After that, uh, well, no, we're not going to have any uh, seggy challenges this week, but we're going to leave time instead for one of our old favorites. Ah, by the familiar flute notes, it must be time for Oz in the 80s. And that means our old friend Dave Featherston from Australia is live via Skype for the show. How you doing, Dave? Hi, Steve. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Okay. Uh, today, I just wanted to talk about uh, one of the great Australian live band that's uh, interestingly never had a number one album or single in Australia. Now, I was born and raised in Sydney and... Um, a lot of people would know that there's a very great Sydney-Melbourne rivalry, and this band came out of Melbourne in the early 1980s, and their name is Hunters and Collectors. great live band they had a combination of what is called pub rock and art funk and they had a killer horn section that made them unique in australian bands i've i've, I've heard the phrase um pub rock before and i have only ever heard it in association with australian music 
you know, briefly, can you tell me, I mean, can you give me your description of what pub rock is? Pub rock in, in Australia, there's, there's a lot of pubs. There's pubs all over the world. But pubs in Australia were generally, uh, and, and the, the uh, venues for the, the gigs in pub rock, they were small areas. It was a small stage, uh, not much room for more than four or five band members on the stage. There'd be two or 300 uh, patrons or punters, as they're called here, uh, <laughs> crowding into that pub. And there'd be beer dripping off the walls, there'd be sticky floors, it'd be sweaty, it'd be hot, and you'd get two hours of bands in the early days such as Midnight Oil, In Excess, uh, Hoodoo Gurus, and, and of course, Hunters and Collectors. So so basically kind of like life on the Sunset Strip in Hollywood, sort of, you call it pubs, we call them clubs. Yeah, exactly, gotcha. exactly. Gotcha. So Hunters and Collectors, um, I got to tell you right now, um, I can't think of a moment in the 80s that I'd ever heard that name. Um, it's only recently that they kind of came to my attention. So definitely an Australian-only uh, sort of thing. How, how well were they received back home? They were received mainly for their live performances. They, they, they formed in Melbourne at, uh, at university. A group of guys got together, um, and they, they had a few songs that uh, mostly known live. And it wasn't until 1986 they had an album called Human Frailty, which uh, only got to number eight in the Australian charts. Um, however, it was subsequently named as the 18th best Australian album of all time in a 2010 publication called Australians, uh, called, uh, sorry, 100 Best Australian Albums. And uh, if you want to play one of those songs now, we'll, we'll get into it and have a bit of a chat about it. Which song do you want me to play? I think you should play Say Goodbye. I like it. I like the horns. Kind of reminds me of uh, Oingo Boingo a little bit. Oh, they've got a, they got a great horn section. And this this song, "Say Goodbye." When I was talking before about Australian pop rock, this this song holds a special place in Australian pop rock, as it has the famous line, which was sung by hundreds of sweaty, testosterone fueled, drunk males, all singing at once. You don't make me feel like a woman anymore. <laughs> it just shows that it's. It shows Australian men are not afraid of their sexuality. Jeez. So I mean, so I have to ask you then, how many times have you seen them play live? Well, I only saw them once. I saw them in 1995. I didn't get to see them during the 80s, uh, unfortunately. Uh, it's one of the great regrets that I didn't see them. Another great regret, of course, is I, I never got to see an excess. I'm, I was very sorry about that. Uh, um, but, yeah, I only saw them once. Jeez. And did you, did you scream along that line when they played that song? Everybody did. It was in a... A 12,000-seat auditorium, not just a, a, a 200-standing-room-only pub, but it still has the same impact. Um, I, I noticed the name Hunters and Collectors. It kind of stands out to me. Um, it seems to me like all Australian bands have, have interesting names, and, and I'm sure a lot of that's cultural, but is there any specific story behind the name Hunters and Collectors? Well, 
My my very very brief research uh, showed that there was a, a German band uh, that started in the 1960s called Can, and they had an album that was released in 1975 called Landed, and there's a song on that album called Hunters and Collectors, and that's where the name came from. Ah, so they had a little bit of kraut rock influence there then. Oh yeah, definitely. Excellent, excellent. Again, uh, to come back to the the live performance thing, how important is it in general to Australian music fans that their bands be great live performers? I think you can tell by the bands that have made it overseas, bands like Midnight Oil, bands like NXS, they started playing in pubs and they were playing hundreds and hundreds of gigs each year, going up and down the east coast of Australia, over to Perth, and they'd be playing night after night and that's where they got their grounding and that's where they played really tight, hard rock music. And and a lot of uh, teenagers, I turned 16 in the beginning of the 80s, um, and we cut our teeth on, on some of the live bands before they became internationally well-known. Um, one of the songs, obviously, I think that when you, anybody Googles Hunters and Collectors, the song that normally comes up first, the one that perhaps they're best known for um, outside Australia, and probably, I'm assuming, inside, is um, Throw Your Arms Around Me. Let's listen to a few seconds of that. Amazing tune, and I would say that that ranks. That's just an epic tune. I can't believe that that didn't make a bigger splash over here. Oh, I can't believe it didn't make a bigger splash here. I, I think it's it's probably one of the finest songs to come out of Australia in any decade. It was released on on no less than three occasions as a single, but still only made it to number thirty four on the charts, and that was in nineteen ninety. You know, it's it's thirty four. 34, 34, did you? Jesus. 34, yeah. It's been, and it's been covered by other bands. Crowded House covered it lots and lots of times. Pearl Jam even covered it. Eddie Vedder loved the song and covered it. So it's, it, it's a fantastic song. For, are they still touring today? Are they still together? No, unfortunately they broke up in 1998. Mark Seymour, the lead singer of the band, felt at that time that he probably had enough. He'd done enough as, as the lead singer of the band and, and when I mentioned earlier, when I saw them in 1995, I, I felt they were a little bit flat then. Um, and, and so by 1998, they, they pretty much called it a day. They were inducted into the Hall of Fame in Australia in 2005 and reformed for a one-off show in 2009, uh, which was a benefit concert for bushfire victims. And that uh, benefit concert also included other great Australian bands, uh, including Hoodoo Gurus. And also included, Steve, uh, an Australian artist that's very close to your heart, our own Olivia Newton-John. Oh, I love her. I, I'm, two feet away from me right now is uh, the, the CD that she sent me with that's personally autographed. Oh, uh, you lucky man. I know. <laughs> I should have cashed in on her offer to get a hug backstage when she was in town. Uh, I'm, I'm really sad to hear they're not together anymore. They, did they go on to solo projects or they, or are they just retired? Yeah, they did. Mark Mark Seymour, the lead singer, is still on a is on a solo tour at the moment, and I was uh, looking up tickets for him tonight for uh, me and my wife to go along to see him. Uh, there's a dinner show not far from our place, and uh, and we're thinking seriously thinking about going. 
Well, I definitely think you should. I wish, I wish, uh, and I hope, I'll cross my fingers that they get back together for one tour. I wish they'd come over here and just do at least a big city tour and let people hear the music because from what um, I've little I've heard so far, I'm really impressed. I mean, this is definitely a band that should have been bigger than they were. Oh, definitely. And uh, look, I'd encourage everyone to check them out on iTunes. Check out some of the videos on um, on YouTube as well. They're they're great. Excellent. Well, another successful Oz in the 80s show. Dave, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you, even though it's uh, winter now in Australia and summer here in the United States. Okay, it's but always great to talk to you, Steve. We'll be right back after this commercial break. You're in the big league when you make a perfect fly. You're in the big league when you keep the dream alive. You're in the big league when you pluck a star or two. You're in the big league you're in the big man-sized wads of great-tasting shredded bubble gum stuffed into a giant stay fresh pouch for big league flavor and big league bubbles it's big league chew you're in the big league you're in the big league seconds to talk about vegas um like i said earlier the, the original plan was to have the show be kind of a representation of the valley girl soundtrack yeah that's but, kind of um, where he started with it right 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 and and so there was talk at, at one point that josie cotton might be there or maybe sparks yeah yeah but um among the other really big names um that are on the valley girl soundtrack who would you brad like to see most show up as one of the special guests i gotta tell you i would love to see the plimsolls yeah, love to see the Plimsolls. Although Colin Hay would be a close second. Yeah, the difference with Colin Hay is, I mean, he still tours. I mean, he'll be here in Orlando actually, like four weeks after Las Vegas. Yeah, so I'll get a chance to see him at the Plaza, um, and then um, Modern English tours uh, from time to time. Yeah. They, of course, have the most iconic song from the soundtrack. I'm afraid you're correct, sir. I would also say that's one of the most overplayed songs of our family. Yeah, decade, I but, know, but it's still a good know, song. If they played it live, I'd sing along. Yeah, yeah. Psychedelic Furs would be great, but I think yeah. this is too... Uh, they're a little too big for that show, I think. They were great the, at the Hollywood Bowl last summer. Oh, yeah, and they're, they're gonna, they, they tour like crazy nowadays. Actually, I, I, think, I think they're playing a free concert in Pershing Square in downtown L.A. this summer. Uh, they do like a public concert series down there, and they've had some pretty good bands. I'll, oh, nice! Yeah, I'll I'll send that to you if I can find the info, and you can post it up on the Facebook I, page. I definitely know the Furs are playing in Orlando, the same place Colin Hay is playing at. Like, oh, nice. in fact, I think it's in like two weeks. Oh. So, but I I've recently seen them, so I don't know how you see them again. Paola's would have been another good pick. Eddie Grant is touring, so you never know. I mean, I, yeah. I'd be interested to see who shows up. I'd be happy to see uh, any one of those bands. But what I really want to see is more of our. Our friends from Stuck in the 80s show up. So please, yeah, if you're come interested on out. in the show, 
uh, email us. You know the email addresses by now, I hope. It's bradinthe80s at gmail.com and steventhe80s at gmail.com. But uh, give us a give us shoes line if you can make it there, and we will uh, hopefully by you know a week beforehand we'll at least have some idea of what we're going to be doing and where you can come and see us and just hang out yeah, and how to get in touch with us and try yeah. to try to steal my wild turkey bottle from me. Yeah, and Steve will be more than happy to let you buy him a drink or three. <laughs> just buy me a hot dog. If it's after one o'clock, yeah, I was going to say Nathan's hot dog will be. Oh my god, I I squashed. I mean, I must have quaffed down five hot dogs at the end of that night because I hadn't eaten all day. <laughs> They sell them like at the Luxor, and I'm just like, ah, five hot dogs. And they're like, is that to go? I'm like, no. No, just keep (laughs) them coming. It scared the guy. It scared the guy. (laughs) But uh, it'll be a good show, and look for updates on our Facebook page. Um, Email us if you're going to be there, and we'll make make sure that you find out where we're going to be at. And in the meantime, Brad in L.A., Just Drew, Mike in San Antonio, we will all be waiting there for you, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a Class of 85 production. Please listen responsibly.